All right, let's get out to the Sprint special guest line, of course. She covers the Jazz for the Deseret News. She's Sarah Todd with us here on The Big Show. Sarah, how are you? I'm doing pretty well, as well as I can do for still isolating myself for the most part from society. I know, isn't it? We were just talking about that, how, you know, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, your, your first game covering the Jazz, was it the Jordan Clarkson game or it was right around there, right? It was the first home game with him. I think that that was December around... Right around the end of December. I can't remember exactly the day, but it was the first home game with him. So you've gone from that to the turnaround where they caught fire, to some bumps and skids, to the Oklahoma City night with Rudy, to now covering the Jazz amidst the pandemic. This has been uh, an interesting first month, a uh, few months on the job for you, Sarah. Thrown right into the deep end. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the the NBA is absolutely undefeated in being crazy, and uh, I've had quite a few crazy seasons that I've covered in my years within the league, and this one is no different in that it's crazy, but the crazy is different. <laughs> Yeah, the crazy is off the charts, is what it is. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know, I don't know anybody on this planet that has ever experienced anything quite like this, far beyond the boundaries of basketball. Well, and the thing is, is that every we're we're learning every day. There's not anything that we could have prepared for to, you know, expect something like th- like this to happen. And as more news is coming out and as we're learning more about the virus and as we're learning more about the NBA's plans, it's all kind of on the fly. And so everyone's learning about it together and it's not like anybody else is an anybody's an expert in what the NBA is going to do and how this is going to look because it's so new. What are your thoughts on somebody who's covered the NBA for a long time on the plan to return? Are there things that stand out or are lacking in your mind? I think the biggest thing is the questions that still surround the uh, risk around the virus. And like I said, there's so much that we don't know. But what we what we do know is that cases are rising not only here in Utah, but especially in Florida, where all the teams are planning on going. And while the NBA's plan uh, is exactly what experts have said that they should do, and they've made you know different safety protocols and guidelines that will really help them. I mean, if I'm a person who's just in regular society, living in a in that sort of a bubble environment sounds more safe than anything else, and so that all sounds good. The risk then is like the Disney resort restaurant hotel employees who won't be held to the same sort of standard and protocols that the players and staff are. They aren't planning to test them for COVID-19 daily as they are the players. And so what you risk is people from the outside bringing the virus in. And I think that that's really valid concerns along with all the other concerns that people have. We We've heard today alone that we know of two players that are opting out, Davis Bertans from the Wizards and Trevor Ariza for the Blazers, and both for different reasons. I mean, Bertans is coming up on a free agency uh, period where he's going to be able to make a lot of money, and Ariza's doing it because uh, it was you know, a choice between parenting and playing basketball. And so there's a lot of things that are going to go into these decisions for these players that aren't just basketball related. And I think that we just have to take it in a case by case basis. Do you, how do you feel about those players for whatever reason, deciding not to participate? Do you hold anything against them or do you think they, uh, they should be free just as the NBA has provided the opportunity to do that? Yeah. I mean, if, if the NBA is giving them the opportunities and who are we to say that they should or shouldn't, because this is, this isn't like, um, 
I've heard a couple of people tried to compare it to any other NBA playoff um, mm-hmm. period during the year where we're going into that and then maybe a player's like, well, I don't want to play in the playoffs because I'm coming up on a free agency year. Well, that's not the same because you would have been going in it to, with months of competitive experience and ramping up to it. This is a completely different situation where guys haven't touched a basketball in some cases for three months. And so this isn't like any other year. And it's also with incredible health risk for a pandemic that has, is really scary, and especially for you know, people who live in multi-generational homes or have children or uh, have uh, people in their families that are, you know, compromised. Like, these are really big decisions that they're going to have to make, and I wouldn't hold it against anybody, even if it was for the reason fear of injury coming up on a free agent year. That That's a legitimate reason to be scared, especially when you know that you're going to be going from playing no basketball to the most competitive basketball of the year. Sarah Todd is with us from the Desert News. Uh, talked about the Jazz on the floor for a moment, Sarah. No Bogdanovich, uh, and that's going to be rough. I mean, 20 points a night, and he was having a terrific season. Who, uh, I guess, who's going to be responsible for picking up the majority of that slack? Yeah, I mean, I think probably in the seeding games, the regular season games that they're calling seeding games that they're going to play ahead of playoff games, you might see a little bit of, Quinn Snyder picking into the bench a little bit deeper, but for the most part, because this is going to be playoff basketball, I think that they're going to probably stick mostly with their regular rotation guys. It's just going to be more minutes for those guys and for it to be spread around a little bit differently. You know, bringing Joe Ingles into the starting lineup and having Royce O'Neal being kind of the only other guy that can play that four position with size and bulk is going to hamper them. Um, But and I think that not having Bogdanovich, who is such a lethal threat from outside, is going to be a problem for them, and it's lessening their chances from having any sort of significant push deep into the playoffs. But I, I wouldn't anticipate their rotation changing drastically, just a little bit of the minutes being spread around in a different way. Okay, so if the rotation isn't going to vary – What about the roles of the players on the floor? Do you expect Mike Conley, for instance, to be given a green light to do some of the things, to handle the ball a little more, maybe to be a little more aggressive as opposed to just pass, 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 shoot? Yeah, I mean, I think that everybody's going to be expected to do a little bit more and have a little bit more of a green light. I mean, you're talking about a guy in Bogdanovich who could have easily been a 20-point-a-night guy. You've got to fill in that somewhere. It's got to come from somewhere. And so especially for a guy like Mike Conley, this is not only going to be an opportunity for him to kind of prove his mettle with the team, have to work hard to make sure that he's open for some of those shots and has that green light. And so the spacing is going to have to change a little bit. Conley's probably going to have to be a little bit more offensively aggressive in production areas. And other guys are going to have to make sure that they work so that those things can actually come to fruition on the court. You're not going to see like exactly the same type of roles that you would when you have Bogdanovich coming in because they're going to have to move around spacing and the way that guys play. And, you know, to your point, Mike Conley's one of the guys that's going to have to do things a little bit differently. And with Mike Conley, kind of stepping up production offensively, you might see Donovan have to take on a little bit more of like spacing and pacing and um, passing a little bit more just to make things move in a different way. Other than the Jazz, the team you cover, Sarah, is there a, another NBA team you're really curious to see return and uh, if if they can maybe overachieve? 
Yeah, I mean, we've seen uh, photos of um, the Joker, uh, Jokic, and how he's lost significant weight. And so I'm very interested to see how he's going to look on the floor. Um, I'm always interested to see how some of the younger rising stars look. I think that's really exciting, especially during the playoffs. So when you think about a guy like Luka Doncic, that's interesting to me. But also you're going to have a team in the West when the Blazers who really want to make a push to try to grab that eight seed and they're probably going to have uh, Collins and Nurkic back in the lineup for the playoffs. So two guys really important to their lineup, especially in Nurkic, that they haven't had all season that are going to be coming back in. And so they're going to look different. They're going to play different and they're really driven. And so I think those are interesting teams. Some of the other teams at the top of the West, I think you know what you're going to get from them, but more of the middling teams and then lower in the Western standings, I think those are going to be very, very interesting to see. Sarah, I'm uh, I'm curious to know, coming in the way you did from covering other teams, what what do you make, how do you evaluate the Jazz at their current state, uh, where they are in their progression? Uh, are, are you impressed by what you see, or do you see things that you think, oh, man, there's a big hole here, there's a big hole there? What, what's your overall evaluation? Well, I think that there's a lot to look at to be happy about uh, the development of Mitchell and uh, development of other players on the team and having guys that want to, you know, stick around and sign into extensions like Ingles and Royce O'Neal. Those are good players to have around that can not only draw other players in, but they're valuable in progressing. Um, I think that there there are holes. I mean, the way that the team stacks up right now, especially without having Bogdanovich for this playoff, it gets harder to say that this team is going to make some sort of a deep playoff push. I think that you're going to have to really think about the future and how you're going to build the team around Rudy and Donovan if that's going to be your core. Because as it stands right now, the team looks like and feels like it's going to continue to be sort of a middling playoff team, not a legitimate contender. And so if you're looking to build, I think there are areas around – that outside and it might have to wait for a couple of years because not only do you have to figure out what you're going to do with Rudy and Donovan's extension, but Mike Conley's contract, which he's probably going to opt into for next season. I mean, those three take up such a large chunk of the cap and we don't know what's going to happen with the cap either, that it's hard to kind of build out and make sure that you have every piece that you want to kind of elevate the team higher. And so I think that there are areas that need to be elevated, but the core and the development that the team has done, I think is really impressive. And not only by me, but around the league, people are really impressed with what the Jazz have done. All right. Excuse me, Sarah, this is going to be the last question for me, but uh, I do follow you on Twitter, of course, at NBA Sarah, if you want to get to Sarah's latest, and I recommend you do. But you were responding to a tweet asking, what's the dumbest reason you got fired? You were really fired from a job for stopping to, uh, you were witnessing a car accident and you stopped to help and you got fired? That is, that is ludicrous. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I was on my, I was working in San Diego. I sold Uh, I was working in a ticket booth for a a company that did harbor tours in San Diego, and I was driving to work, and on the freeway, there was this massive three- or four-car accident, and I was the car right behind it, and so I had to slam on my brakes to avoid the accident, 
And once I pulled over and gotten out and walked over, there was a lady, one of the last cars in the pileup, and uh, she rammed her arm against the steering wheel, and she was bleeding pretty bad from it. And um, I, my mom used to work as an EMT, and so I thought, okay, don't touch her. Don't try to get her out of the car. She has to do it on her own because you don't want to cause any more damage. But she was bleeding pretty bad, and so I used my car keys to rip a hole in the shirt that I was wearing and tore off the bottom part, and I tied it around her arm while she was sitting there just to stop some of the bleeding. And I stayed there until the ambulances got there and the police and everything. I made a statement, and then I ended up being like an hour late for work for this part-time minimum wage job selling tickets <laughs> for Harbor Tours. <laughs> and uh, they, uh, the next, my next shift, when I got there, they were like, hey, let's go talk for a minute. And they took me up to the roof of the building. To the like roof. Some sort of, the ma- <laughs> some sort of like mafia hit scene. I don't know what was, like why we were up there. And uh, my manager told me that they were letting me go. And I was like, what is happening? I was like, I showed, I had blood on my shirt. And they're like, well, it doesn't really sound like a true story. And I was like, okay, <laughs> thanks. Because this is just so, ketchup, not, uh, not blood. Because this is, you know, I just plant that. <laughs> yeah, so that's, Unbelievable. that's why I got my, they, they said it was my second infraction. My first was wearing sandals on the job. How dare you? So. <laughs> How dare you okay, at a boat so, tour? How dare so you? I, so I need to ask you this question then, and it's been bugging me for a long time, and I don't know whether you can answer it, and it's really got nothing to do with the core of what you were just talking about. But I once went with my family on a sailboat that – that gave rides around San, it was it was anchored there in San Diego Harbor there and I can't remember the name of that darn boat do you remember a sailboat that used to, it was kind of a unique looking thing that used to give uh tours on that yeah there's like five or six different of those companies uh okay. the one that I worked for they didn't have a sailboat it was more like sort of ferry style boats and then a couple of miniature cruise ships that would do like whale watching tours and stuff like that. Uh, but from what I remember, there wasn't a sailboat. So maybe you were with the okay. right company. Well, maybe, but uh, you know, maybe did the SS Minnow go out of San Diego Harbor? I can't remember. No, that was, that was somewhere else. You know what? Neither Sarah nor I am old enough to get that joke, Gordon. <laughs> you know, wait. No, no. Hey, I got that. I got that. Gilligan's Island. Come on. Yeah. Oh, brother. (laughs) All right. Well, hey, Sarah, you are terrific to come on with us. We love it when you have a chance to. Thank you very much. And certainly excited. We're going to talk more basketball as the season gets closer. Yeah, thanks a lot. Anytime, guys. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks. That's Sarah Todd. Covers the Jazz for the Des News. She does a great job. Uh, Again, you can follow her on Twitter at... NBA Sarah. I read that. She she was telling that story on Twitter. I couldn't believe it. Like she shows up to work. She's got a torn shirt with blood on it and saying, I, I witnessed a traffic accident. And they said, oh, that doesn't sound true. You're fired. <laughs> that is, That's crazy. Is that the dumbest thing you've ever heard? That's One so of them? bad. That's so bad. So another, you know, a manager or something was inconvenienced for an hour for Sarah to do her, you know, like duty as a citizen, right? And it's like, nope, fired. Wow, I couldn't believe that. But anyway, yeah. she's yeah, great. That, uh, uh, yeah. She she does a great job for the Desert News, and uh, big thanks to her for jumping on with us. That what's was, the best uh, reason? What's the weirdest reason you ever got fired for? You know what? I'm I'm gonna knock on wood here, Gordon. I don't. I've never been fired. You've never been fired. I've never been fired. I think everybody needs to be fired at one point or another. You know what? I I feel almost like I'm uh, jinxing it by saying that. So maybe I should have made something up. 
<laughs> I have never been fired. No one would ever fire me. No, and that's not Wait the message minute. I want to get out there. <laughs> I dare you. I dare you. Because <laughs> back in my day, I think I worked just bad enough jobs that they couldn't find anybody else to do it, so they, they wouldn't fire me. I don't know. Not in the from there, family. You went, you went from there straight to the top, huh? Well, I don't think many people. My first job was a janitor at an elementary school. I don't think they had, like, applicants, you know. Lining up out the door to take that one. All right, all right. You know, cleaning and those sorts of things. Gordon, I know Didn't, it's kind of a foreign topic to you. I I thought I heard someone say once that everyone needs to be fired at least once, or maybe once. So they and I don't can't remember the reason. I think it was supposed to. Was that the president? Let you know. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, oh, these days, uh, Austin, that carries all kinds of meaning. Mm, Mm. not joking Mm. what's the name of the DA in New York I don't know Uh, well I would make it a lot in order joke and say Adam Schiff but he's actually a real person and from New York (laughs) you ever wonder about that coincidence how the DA in a fictional show has the same name of the senator from the same state that Dick Wolf that makes those shows, he knows what he's doing. I guess so. And then he runs the little disclaimer. All of these characters are fictional, even though they have the exact same names, the same height, the same weight, the same look right. as real people. You can't sue me. Well, I think toward the later end <laughs> dun, of that, that show's run, I think Jack McCoy was the DA. I think so. Yeah. yeah. 